All opinions and views expressed on this podcast do not reflect official policy or position of the United States Air Force, Department of Defense, or the United States government. You did bring up something uh, I, I want to kind of touch a little bit more on, and it's that it's that uh, fear of offending someone, right? Like, so we always have this fear when we're having these tough conversations. Well, if I say this, like, will it offend them, or would they ridicule, and would it would it break that trust, and so on, like that? So I'm kind of interested, you know, what did you what did you do to like like make sure that trust was still there, that like that after these conversations, you know, we have these conversations, especially in the workplace, that. Like you can continue on working together and, and having these powerful connections um, to get the mission done. I think uh, you already touched on it in that um, part of having, of building that, that connection with people is giving a little bit of yourself. So if you start off with, hey, you know, I am right in that same boat with you. Uh, I have these, these same fears. I am on a journey. I myself am learning. Um, so if you caveat the, the conversation up front that says, hey, um, I might say something that is incorrect. Um, I might do this or I might say something that offends somebody, but I want you guys to call me out on it because uh, I'm, I'm not perfect. Um, I have probably unconscious biases myself. Um, but I want to improve myself. So that's why I'm jumping into this. And I think that you can build that connection with people and a little bit bring down that fear if they recognize that there's somebody else that is going through the exact same thing right next to them. So by starting off with that saying, I, I also think that I could do this, but I'm going to trudge right through it we're going to have this conversation anyway, because this is how we're going to learn from each other. This is how we're going to improve. Um, and I think that you, you can somewhat bring down the barriers that way and get the conversation going. Yeah. There's a, there's another point in there, um, that I, I wanted to bring up. You, you had two factors going into this. You, you mentioned culture, right? Like you had a strong organizational culture. Now, like, like a good identifier of a strong organizational culture is even when the leader is not there, they maintain that culture that that leader is trying to spread, right? So like, for example, I'm going to use Nordstrom as an example. So if you walk into a Nordstrom, Nordstrom has built a strong organizational culture over the years of constantly providing like an overwhelming amount of, of customer support. That's, that's what they built their culture around. And what they actually do is they, they, they have engraved in, in their employees to, to be overly helpful. So um, and I got this off the Adam Grant podcast. If anyone hasn't uh, listened into that one, that's another great one. But um, he had a guest on who was talking about this. And Nordstrom uh, had, a, had, a get, had, had, a, had her come in and she asked, hey, can you give me, can, can you help me find a pair of shoes? And the person's like, yeah, the, these shoes are in aisle whatever. Um, so aisle 15. And then what ended up happening is another employee, their, their peer ended up having a conversation with them about, hey, like, you know, you could have, walked over there with her shoulder to shoes been overly helpful that's like that's the culture that they're trying to build so that's a sign of like a very strong organizational culture is when your peers or when the people that even when the boss is not there they're still doing that that's a start that's a, that's a sign of that 
Now, one of the issues that you, I think people face is sometimes they don't have a strong organizational culture and they don't have like, like that support system. They might actually be working in either a very toxic culture, a mediocre culture, a very bureaucratic culture, um, and, and so on. Like, so, so you might be working in some of, some of these, some of these areas. So like one of the tools I have been, have been preaching, um, for a number of years now is focus on the small team mentality, because if you can focus on that small team mentality, you'll build a culture around that small team. Once you build that small team, for example, your Raven culture, um, you, you then have people identifying with that culture. Um, and I'll throw in a little bit of more psychology in there for some of our listeners. Um, it goes back to like, kind of like how, how do people end up wanting to be a part of a small team? How does that stick? Right. So there's a level of hardship that has to go into it, um, for you to feel like you identify with it. So if you, if, for example, if, why do fraternities have such high, 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 uh, retention rates with their, with their, with their fraternities after they, after they alumni and graduate, they come back. Um, to the fraternity. Why, why, do the, why does the Marine Corps have such a strong small group mentality with once a Marine, always a Marine? Well, there's a level of, there, there's a level of hardship that went into it um, that, that they see as above others. So one of the hardships that can build a strong team or a, or a small team is, is it, and I, I like the example of PT, but PT will, will bring a small, a small team together because, hey, you're the only one in this team that you're, you're the only team that's doing PT together and is build, building that strong, small team. So if you actually use some of the tools that the military has, like PTing together or, or for example, um, having these conversations together, like the Air Force wants you to, is to actually have these conversations and you are the ones doing it, like you are building that small team. It gives you a sense of identity. Once a sense of identity and a sense of, of, of hey, I gave something up that made me different. Um, to be a part of this team, then people are more likely to keep pushing it on. So it's a little bit of psychology there for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it when I get to be quiet for a while. It's, it's really awesome. So <laughs> thank you, Allison and Rafi for sharing so much right now. The, uh, I did want to bring up two points, right? Like number one, um, with those tough discussions, what I like to do when I'm from with my, uh, with my teams, my small teams, quote unquote, Rafi, uh, I, if, I'm, if I'm having those discussions, I, I like to put a disclaimer out there, right? Like, don't hold back. It's just us. It's just the team right now. We're behind closed doors, whatever. We're not out in the public. Like, please share your information. And if I start to act offended, um, as the leader, I like, if I start to act offended, please let, like, tell me. Or, or um, also... Like it's not, it's not off limits. Like we're having this discussion so I can understand you better. And so you can understand me better as a leader. Um, so that, that's one of the things that I do whenever I'm having my tough discussions with people. I just put a disclaimer like, Hey, it's not off. It's nothing is off limits. Let's discuss this. Um, and I, and I want to know, like, forget about whatever. Let's talk human to human. To human. Uh, the other thing, uh, I just wanted to say how awesome is it as, uh, as a subordinate or as a leader? Uh, but to empower the subordinate, right, to, to be in charge of, like, hey, you've got my full confidence as your leader to put together this team and figure something out, uh, to, to push forward with this and, you know, run. Here's the ball. Take it and run. It's yours. Um, I, that, that was all I had to input. Rocky, that was, <laughs> that was a lot of information. I, and I'm sure uh, Allison's got something to add as well if, if, if she likes, if, if she would like. 
Um, just a little bit while you were talking there, I was thinking back a little bit on a couple of the, the tough talks that I had. Um, they were usually relatively small groups. So I usually only got just a few people that were interested in staying behind. But something I think that will always stick with me um, is there was a senior NCO in the squadron um, of one of the shops. And I was having a conversation with him one day, and I think it was after uh, a busy month in the squadron. And so I had skipped the, the monthly talk for that month. Um, but the senior NCO was telling me about one of the, uh, the A1Cs in his shop um, who was a regular in attendance of, of my tough talks. Um, and the feedback that I got was that it was he was he missed having the conversation. He um, enjoyed sitting in the talks because he was actually learning. He was he was enjoying seeing the different perspectives and the conversation that was happening. Um, so I, I think that's that's something that that will will always stick with me. Um, but I think what tipped me off was you were talking somewhere in there about the, the desire to, to learn and to, to understand. So um, that was an actual example that I was able to see uh, come around full circle there. Yeah, leaders, leaders are always um, continuing to learn. If you, if you identify yourself and your, your, uh, your, pro, your leadership process or your house of leadership, then you will be identifying as a, a continuous learner um, that is a part of being a leader. Um, otherwise, then you are meeting the standard of manager, not leader. And I absolutely think that one of the, the biggest pieces of that, of being a good leader as well, is, is identifying that you have some of those faults yourself. Because like I was talking about earlier, um, if you share those vulnerabilities about yourself, I think it helps build that connection um, and it does open up those lines of communication and it makes it easier to have those, those challenging conversations. Um, people are more willing to open up to somebody that they don't view as, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, like all powerful or, or like that, like they have no weaknesses themselves. Um, so if the, if you recognize a vulnerability in somebody else, you're more willing to open up. Um, so I think that that is another key piece, um, of being a good leader too. Yeah, I think that's one of the, the biggest things I've learned, right, or uh, one of the things I try to think about when I'm talking, when, when I want to address something with anyone, right, whether it be a squadron commander or, um, you know, the senior non-commissioned officer that's, that, that was uh, in charge of me, like, just stop for a second and realize, like, you're going to talk to another human. Like, this isn't some a godly being that was put here in charge of you. This is another human being. Somebody else that like has to brush their teeth and has to like sleep for four to eight hours a day. Like this is another human being. So just stop and think about that for a second and say, okay, I'm going to go talk to another human. You know, uh, like that, that's one of the things that's, that's another one of the things I think about whenever I need to address something with anybody, like I'm talking to another human for a minute, like, just take that in for a second, you know? Absolutely, yeah. I got a, a another tool um, and another dilemma that they might face. So when you're trying to engage someone with these with these uh, tough conversations, I I, th- I think one of the, when we were doing the, um, the tough question challenge, one of the challenges I faced was trying to brainstorm the, the questions that people would be debating when we did ours. Ours was a debate uh, 
platform that we were doing it on in front of a live audience. So it was a little different, a little bit more, more stress that came in it. But like one of the, one of the things I did and, and I learned later on from my executive coaching classes uh, that, that there, there are some powerful questions that you can ask to really get the conversation going. And one of those questions is knowing the topic, especially if it's going to be a specific topic, you just say, what, what's on your mind? And then you stay quiet and you let that, that person or those people have that conversation because what's on your mind gets them to really think like, Hey, this is what's on my mind right now. And it, and it allows them to have these conversations. And then after they have their conversations and they, they, they bring it all in and the, the follow on question, and it's my favorite question because it throws people off is I say, what else? Right. And because the reason why I say what else is because it gives them an opportunity to say the things that they wanted to say, but felt like they didn't. So that anxiety that naturally you have, you, just, you end up want, saying it. And then as a leader, we tend to want to be the person who wants to help out, right? We want to help them. And, and uh, we tend to want to ask this. It's a powerful question. It's a good question in, in coaching, but it's not very, I don't think it fit, fit ready very well here, but it's the question we want to ask is, well, well, how can I help, right? How can I help you? In a sense, in a sense you're having this conversation, you're facilitating this conversation with, with the group. So the, the question, I change it from how can I help to how can we help? And in a sense, that, that gives it a sense of inclusion and responsibility amongst all the members. And then the members will then start speaking in and giving, giving those answers. That's what I loved about when we were doing our tough question challenge, when we gave them a chance to for the audience to engage and the members that did engage the audience when they did do that, the audience was very engaged in answering the questions themselves of, of the tough question challenge. And it was, it was very interesting. So they, they kind of bought in some different viewpoints and they were, it, it, it became a more inclusive environment, which is what you're going for, for a leader. Yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, wait, wait, like we were being very, uh, I'm trying to think of the, <laughs> We're focusing on a lot on like having extreme ideas one way or the other, bringing the group together to realize like it's not beneficial to be extremely against or extremely for, but to understand what's like that there's differing opinions and, you know, nobody's a hundred percent wrong and nobody's a hundred percent right on a topic, but understanding each other is a good thing and, and understanding how to work forward from that point on. It's a good thing. Um, I'm trying to think where I was going with that. I, I lost my thought on that. But uh, there, there was another idea I had, uh, and I was going to put that here in a second because it brings up something we talked about earlier. So, I, Allison, I didn't know if you had something to add to what Robbie just said. I'll be quiet for a minute before I bring up another point. Uh, just to say that that I like that that question, how you turned the, how can I help into the, how can we help? Because I do think that that is another huge piece of, of being a good leader as well as putting yourself into the group uh, that's around you. So rather than being the, the one that's outside of it, you're actually inside of it, um, which I, th I think is huge when you're looking at, at making any sort of changes or making people feel like you're approachable um, and on their side when it comes to to any challenges that they're facing. Um, so I absolutely, I love, I love that, that how can we help 
Yeah, see, uh, so so if you you got to be careful with the how you can how can I help if you're if you're doing one on one coaching or or a sense like trying to grow your your team right just just remember that question is it's it's a double edged sword because what you don't want to do is end up forming a relationship where you become you create unintentionally create this bureaucracy where everything the member wants to do will have to go through you. So they essentially start bringing everything to you because, oh, they have a problem. Hey, my computer is not working. And then you're the solver, right? You become the solver for every issue. And that's not something you want as a leader. You want your, you want to empower your members. You don't want them to just become subservient to you because that doesn't really create that, that culture that you're trying to capture. Um, you're not trying to capture a, a, uh, a, 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 um, how do what was the word a, a monarch a monarchy <laughs> that's not what you're trying to build you're you're trying to build a strong team that can go out and perform the mission even when you're not there that that is that is what what that strong culture is so if, so if you think about it on the combat zone um if you get killed you know can your team still accomplish the mission and and the the strong leaders that existed in our past and and exist today those are the ones that that have really set their teams up to be self-sufficient and empowered. Yeah. yeah Rafi also like with the team mentality, right. It, even if it's an individual issue that's within the team, like as the leader of that team, when you're saying we and us, like you're, you're, you're relaying to that person on the team that like, Hey, the whole team is here for you. Like we're, we're here. Like how can we help? as a team. And it's a very powerful message. I think coming from the leader to that individual, like, Hey, we're all here for you, man. It, it, even if it's one-on-one or if it's, uh, you know, it, in the group setting, like a, you're, you're pointing it out on a one-on-one, like, Hey, the, the entire team is here to help you. But in a group setting, you're also pointing it out to the entire team that like, Hey, this is a, a teammate. We need to help this person. Yep. Very good points. All right. Do we do we have anything else or are we ready to wrap up? I did have one final point on the imposter thing, and we don't need to go there if we don't have to. If not, we can wrap it up. Uh, we had talked about like imposter syndrome, and, and I would, did want to bring in a little bit of a personal thing with that um, because we had mentioned the imposter stuff a couple of times. But I understand time constraints, and we've had so much fun today dealing with weather on my end. So I, I mean, to bring us back to the imposter thing, there's, there's plenty of times where anybody has, it doesn't matter if you're a leader, a follower, a, a human in general, where you felt like I, maybe I shouldn't do this because I'm not qualified. Right. And I, I will bring in a, uh, an example right now that my family is still giving me crap about. Um, so the Air Force has said that we can put the pronouns in our, in our, in our signature blocks. Right. Like you, you guys are tracking that, right? Yeah. Yes, I actually have them in mind. Um, so I felt like, I felt like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, as far as anybody can see, I'm a cis hetero white male. Um, <laughs> and so I always felt weird with like, do I even need to put him on here? Like, it's pretty understood. But my, my wife and my youngest child both pointed out to me, like, it doesn't matter. Number one. Number two, like, you're, you're normalizing this, like, you're including people on this. And, and even though you are cis, 
hetero white male, as far as anybody knows or sees, like this is something that everybody like you're making it a normal part of 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 the culture and and the um, way of life. I I, I wanted you guys' ideas on that or thoughts on that. Like, um, I I I haven't done it yet, and I catch I catch crap from from my family still to this day because I haven't put my pronouns in there. But uh, pronouns are a big issue. Uh, are a big issue at my my house, um, and, and uh, it's something that's regularly brought up because of the way my family is uh, being a, a, a very a proud support group for the LGBTQIA uh, community, as well as being uh, a part of the LGBTQIA community. Um, so I, I wanted to know you guys' thoughts on that, like like something as small as that. And not you're not so much a imposter as much as you are like normalizing, uh, like the fact that this exists and this is also very inclusive to 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 understanding all of us as humans. I mean, as I, as I said, I I have them in my signature block. Um, pretty much as soon as the um, what am I looking for the. Uh, Policy came out. The policy, as soon as that came out, and I and I read it, um, I'm, I may have hesitated for a moment, thinking, "Do I need to?" Because the way that I identify is uh, pretty much right in line with the way that somebody looking at me would think that I do. Um, so I don't necessarily need to do it for myself to say, "Hey, this is what I prefer." Um, but I absolutely did it for the reason, uh, of normalizing it because, um, I, I do think that there are, um, individuals that probably work around me or, you know, see my emails or, um, that do struggle on a regular basis of feeling like they are misidentified in a regular conversation. Um, so one, I want to support them for them seeing my email signature block to say, Hey, this person supports me but also to normalize it to those around me uh, to get their minds thinking about, hey, there, there might be more than what my mind normally takes me to. So when I look at somebody, I shouldn't automatically go to um, a pronoun that I would, my mind would, would typically uh, assign to them. But then their mind starts thinking about, oh, maybe I should ask or, hey, maybe uh, the way that I see it isn't the way that they do. And so just simply by seeing my signature block, maybe it gets their, gets their mind thinking a little bit and maybe opening just a little bit more for, for those who, who do need them to. Yeah. Yeah. That, you're, you both bring up great points. I think your wife uh, and your, your, uh, your daughter brought up some, some very good points there too. Um, I will tell you though, like for me, I think that is is a matter of of normalizing it, which is a great thing. And if you, if you don't do it, then here, I'll give you the reason why I I personally choose not to do it um, is because of my name. So if you look at my name, it's super long. It's Stamboltian, and the name Rafi is often mispronounced, so they don't know if it's a male, female, what it is. And so what it, it kind of forces people to do is actually look up what, 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 where does that name come from? And they, they look me up and it causes them to land on a, either my LinkedIn page or 
or and and it causes them to do a little research and then it, it's it's kind of good because it, it gives it gives them the chance to do a little research so that's my personal reasons of why i'm just like hey do a little bit more research because then you can you can then find out about like who you're talking to and then it gives them a little context before they just send send a uh an email that maybe maybe shouldn't have come to me or or something like that so or the way they worded it um they can think a little bit better about how they word it with, with different biases and stuff like that so. i like that and i think our reasons are actually very similar and yeah. that our goal ultimately is to get people to start thinking and opening their minds um and, and thinking outside the box a little bit yeah yeah so whatever your reason is as a leader just make sure it's it 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 meets your ethics. Run that ethical scenario. Sorry, Kali, I cut you off, but run run those ethics. No, no, no. I, I'm on. I'm on. Like I'm in between on, on both. Like the the only reason why is because I think it's quite obvious when you see Charles and Chip on there. Like it's quite obvious what my pronouns are. Obvious, and then also like why would I need to put my pronouns on there unless I was a part of this? Like, I mean, I am a part of that community. But like as a supporter, more so than um, like how it was born. So like, <laughs> but uh, the, I I understand both. But Rafi, you know me very well. Like I am also the one to say things differently to get people to ask questions. Like I, uh, Allison, I say they and them a lot. And I refer to my wife as my spouse and I refer to my children as my child or my children. Like I try to non-gender specify things just to get people to ask questions. Like, why are you saying they and spouse instead of wife and her? It, you, you know what I mean? So like that, that's the way that I go about trying to normalize it or get people to talk more is just to leave it a little amb- ambiguous. Um, I actually do pretty much the, the same things. I intentionally, in my conversation, um, one, say words that get people thinking. So uh, spouse versus uh, husband or wife, you know, especially when you're asking a question, I try very much to make sure that I don't assume um, so then other people can hear that I am not assuming and be like, oh, maybe I should do that too. Or like, hey, I've never thought about that. I might do that as well. I should check myself. Um, so a little bit to... Um, in, in the regards to being the example in that, but also on some, um, back to some of our, our, our tough talks and some of those challenging topics, I think a lot of people avoid words in regards to those as well. So some people won't say race or they won't say gay, or they won't say some of those words because they're, they're scared to say them. They think they're taboo. Um, so I intentionally include, um, taboo words in my conversation just to, I guess, desensitize people, uh, to, to saying them so that, because I think that's another one of those barriers to having tough conversations is because people won't actually say the words about the things that they're talking about. Um, so that's just uh, something that I, that I also do. I think we just gave our uh, audience their first uh, tough, tough conversation topic. Um, should you, put, <laughs> should you put your pronouns in, in your signature block? You know, there's a challenge to all the leaders out there that are listening. Uh, engage your groups, engage your teams, have this tough conversation, ask them that question and try using one of the powerful uh, questions that we brought up. Try using um, uh, after you tell them the, co- after you tell them the topic to say what's on your mind and, and, and let them talk. Yeah, I think that'd be good.
Yeah. Uh, Allison, I know we didn't preload you this earlier, and I'm really thankful that we had that conversation and got to know each other a little bit earlier today, but we like to bring up our first all the time. This is definitely a first. Uh, our viewers out there, I'm actually called in on a cell phone and talking on a speaker onto the mic for Rafi because I'm uh, down in Virginia and we got hit by a thunderstorm and I'm without power and all I have is a cell phone. So that's a first. Uh, um, what Rafi put out that it's the first that we're challenging leaders. Yeah, I like to point those out. So. Hey, Rafi, you got anything else last-minute to- topics? Nope. Stay tuned, Engagers. Yeah. Allison, you got any last-minute fires you want to put out or, or topics you want to bring up? No, I just want to say uh, thanks again for um, bringing me into the conversation and uh, allowing me to talk on a topic that is that I'm, actually, I'm pretty passionate about. So um, I'm hoping that you know, having the conversations uh, will spark somebody else to, to do the same and um a chain reaction we can we can actually affect some some change yeah and uh, i appreciate you coming on the show and as as always you're more than welcome to get back in contact with us at any point i look forward to future discussions that we might have and uh so uh, you're more than welcome to come back for next season we always enjoy talking with anybody uh regardless of the topic and, and sharing perspectives and ideas. So thank you so much for being here, Allison. Thank you. Uh, and for all the rest of you humans out there, we'll talk to you next time. Stay tuned, Engagers. And we're back with part two of episode four. Rafi? If you liked that episode, please like and subscribe. Also, follow us on Facebook. If you wish to make contact with the JBMDL Diversity and Inclusion Working Group, please email 87abw.cvb.diversityinclusion at us.af.mil.